Hello, this is Leighton, producer of Ponderings from the Perch. We are back from IIEX Europe, an event that is consistently full of the best insights, training sessions, idea sharing, and collaboration in the market research industry. In addition to presenting in a marketing module with pals from DLA Ignite, Keenest Mustard Marketing, and the Retail Performance Company, Priscilla had a chance to chat with several other presenters and attendees, both during and after the event, to learn what their key takeaways were. First up is Adam Gray. Hi, it's Adam Gray here from DLA Ignite. What a fantastic time I had at ILEX this year. Um, some really interesting uh, concepts were proposed by, by all of the speakers there. And I was speaking about the importance of organizations to embrace social. You know, at the end of the day, that's where all of your customers are. But what are the challenges in, in pulling a social strategy across your organization? Of course, it's relatively easy to, to control what goes out on your own corporate social channels. So your Facebook page, your LinkedIn page, um, your own Twitter feed. But A, is that where you really should be focusing your efforts? We, we believe not. We believe empowering the people across the organization to have those conversations with their audiences is where the power really is. But that isn't going to happen by accident. There has to be a strategy for how you're going to pull that across the organization and empower your teams and your staff to be able to do that. So um, the first thing you need is to have a clear roadmap of where you're going and how you plan to get there and understand what will be the challenges unique to your organization in implementing that out across across the business. Uh, so it's something that you need to be thinking about and you need to think about how you can how you can develop that strategy and then implement that successfully, still thinking about obviously the governance and the risk involved in all of the people having a voice. But that really is with where the power is, activating the networks of the very people that are most proud of your organization. I'm here with Athena Lamb. She is one of those uh, new speakers at IIEX this year here in Amsterdam. She's with Piccolo Portfolios, and she is really translating the value of crafting digital solutions for brands. And it is so exciting to have a brand new speaker. Athena, welcome to Wanderings from the Birch. Well, thank you for having me. Can you give us a few key takeaways from your speech? Because I got the pleasure of actually sitting in it and I got the full benefit. But for my listeners, why don't you tell us what you were presenting on in Amsterdam? Sure. So for iterative research, what I'm proposing is combining the best of uh, UX research, so user research, as well as market research. And so bringing in some of the best practices from prototyping and incorporating that into the market research industry so that they can close the loop and provide more value for our clients uh, using technologies in faster iterative cycles. I had three main uh, ideas. So one was to think of survey UX as a brand customer experience, and then shedding the weight on surveys and moving faster. And then the third one is closing the loop with users so that there's continuous learning. Well, give us a little bit on on a couple, on those three points, because I got to say, when you hit number two, everybody breathed a sigh of relief in the room <laughs> because they're being asked to go faster, but yet not leave behind quality. So give us a little bit of just some info on those three points. That would be great for the audience. 
Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the biggest challenges uh, for market researchers, I think, is that right now there's this vicious cycle where uh, budgets are being cut. And as a result, um, all the teams are trying to cram in their questions for the year. And that's not so much brand tracking anymore. That's like your one reporting opportunity. And so when I'm talking about shedding the weight for surveys, it's more about using the platforms to create shorter targeted surveys at relevant cycles. So for example, sometimes you might have something where you're tracking trends. So you might want to have quarterly uh, check-ins. And Every survey can be, let's say, within about 10 questions just to track that issue. So it could be sustainability. And if it's something that's larger and brand tracking, maybe once a year is enough. And so when you're able to break down surveys into those small focused sets, then you are able to move faster and report at relevant cycles for the teams that need to make decisions. Yeah. And at the same cost, because actually these for, for these digital platforms to press the send button is now really just a matter of turning something on or off. And so to really take advantage of uh, technology to be a more efficient delivery platform. Oh, it was music to so many people's ears, Athena, let me tell you. <laughs> um, and great visuals that you had going along the way, too. But um, I am going to point out right now, I don't know if you would bring it up, Athena, because you're very modest, yeah. but we've just closed out IIX Amsterdam, and she was actually awarded the Best New Speaker Award. And that's certainly um, a great a great accolade uh, to your work, but um, it's also a pleasure for IIX to really give some space, give stage time to people with new ideas and people who have are not seasoned uh, speakers. But let me tell you, in watching you, it didn't seem like that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with many speakers as a as a TEDx organizer, actually, for about the past 10 years. So had the chance to really think a lot about crafting stories and, and sharing ideas with people. Well, that was really obvious. So let tell me a little bit before we go about how you've recently gone out on your own. So what, who are you looking for um, in this new venture? And what exactly are you providing? Yeah, so Piccolo Portfolios does content marketing for B2B technology companies. And so what we do is we take experience working with uh, early stage com technology companies, um, really working closely with them to think about product marketing and also think about lean content marketing that creates a good feedback loop again uh, that enables teams to be able to share their learnings in a transparent way and therefore attract also good clients and grow their businesses. So right now, uh, we are looking for great companies that have stories to share and to work with them. I love it. Well, you need to connect with Athena on LinkedIn. It's A-T-H-E-N-A, -E and her last name is Lam, L-A-M. And you're working out of Berlin these days, is that correct? Yeah, I am. And um, But I'll definitely work with anyone anywhere in the world, especially <laughs> with the opportunities that we have today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Athena, thank you for coming on Ponderings from the Perch, and I know I'll see you on a few other stages coming soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We have William Yatta of Discuss Now here. He is the co-founder of Discuss Now, a platform which enables insight through messaging apps. Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, William. We're so excited to have you. 
Yeah, thank you, Ashley. Thank you very much. We're back from IIX Europe, and a lot of great things happened at the conference, but we want to hear about what your key takeaways were. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, tell us about the key difference of your platform and how um, it's changing what's possible in Insights. Yes. Yeah, so for, first of all, you know, Discuss Now is, is, is a startup, so we are one year now, and we are a French and international company. So, you know, we are three co-founders, three co-founders and we worked, you know, before at companies like Tuluna, mm. like Krellings and other companies. So uh, Discuss Now, it's a platform that allows brands to connect and to discuss with customers through messaging applications. So it's really a game changer. As you know, today we usually use, you know, platform uh, which use emails, notification to interact with people, to send surveys, and it's really friction. And mm. today, you know, millennials and customers and, and everybody use um, everyday messaging application. So why the brand can't, you know, interact with customers through messaging application? It was really the, the question. And so we made it. So brands, you know, today can just ask questions and, you know, generate insights from messaging apps from its customers directly in real life, in real time, and it's really a game changer. So uh, compare, you know, to companies that build panels and, you know, we know that panels um, uh, is very difficult to interact and, you know, have good response rate. So we increase, you know, by 70% response rate. Oh, and of wow. course, yeah, and of course, you know, um, uh, using messaging application channels, we access billions of people around the world. So they don't need to download an app or to connect to a website just to answer questions. Wow. Well, that's great. And with conferences like IIEX, they're obviously so important to the market research industry, but I'd love to hear a little bit about why they're so important for startups to attend because it sounds like you got a lot of benefit out of attending um but why like what made it so beneficial for you yeah totally agree so i i ex you know as the name you know explained very well you know it's yeah. it's innovation and innovation in market research uh it, it's a key and and brands and marketing director that attend these events uh, are really waiting to 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 hear and 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 for look for you looking you know new technology new platform new things in in the market research sector. Mm -hmm. So it was a pleasure for us you know to be uh, at IIX. Also we spoke with a client Samsung uh, on stage. Uh, we had a lot of of you know uh, attendees and participants and a lot of questions. So I think it's really important you know to to, to be here as a, an innovating company. That's great. Did you have any key takeaways or learnings that you got from the conference? I'm sure you were plenty busy between speaking and being on the trade show floor yourself, but anything that um, you really took away from the conference? Yeah, we, no, it, we, we, were, we, we were busy, but we, we had time, you know, to meet, you know, different uh, vendors, new yeah. new vendors, new, new suppliers, and I think we, we have to share things together and we have to learn together, you know, on how addressing the, the, the market industry, the research industry. Um, and, and of course, it's, it's, it's great, you know, to share new mm -hmm. ideas on how we can uh, interact and generate insight uh, in a new way um, today. 
Yeah, I think that's so great. That's that's been something that's been key for us too at at conferences like this. Um, they are such a a good platform for learning, but also for collaboration. So I'm glad you got that that uh, takeaway as well. We we can also you know meet some some partners or technology exactly. partners. So yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us what's next for Discuss Now. So next, next of course is to expand and. And to address, you know, the world. So for the moment, we we concentrate our activity in Europe, but also we want, of course, to go in Asia, and to you know to start selling in, in the US. So we have partners uh, that can operate uh, on those countries for us. And also in terms of technology, we want, of course, to improve our technology and artificial intelligence module mm. to analyze in real time, you know, all the the conversation. Uh, because, you know, our platform, the goal is to converse with a lot of people uh, and to run conversation at scale. So not just with 10 or 100 clients, but maybe, you know, the brand uh, would be able to talk to all its clients or so million clients mm-hmm. and to analyze very quickly, you know, the conversation. And also, as you know, Discuss Now is an open platform. We have API and the idea is to connect directly to CRM mm-hmm. system software, yeah. you know, such as uh, Salesforce uh, or HubSpot, right. but also, you know, to, to communicate with other solutions. So like, you know, a video streaming solution, mm. uh, et cetera. So we can add, you know, uh, values and features uh, on our platform. Wow. Okay, so yeah. lots of lots of big things in your future. Yeah. That's that's very exciting. Well, best of luck to discuss now and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Ashley. So I met a new friend at IIEX Amsterdam. Uh, I had a really great time speaking with Emir Gillen from Research for Good. I do know some of her colleagues, so it was a really easy introduction. But Emir, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Thank you so much for having me. You also get the additional trophy of having a wonderful accent, so I will invite you on my show anytime. (laughs) I can say the same about you. (laughs) That's really hard to believe, but I guess the opposite must be true. (laughs) Exactly. So why are meetups like IIX so important for research for good? Do you know what? They're so important. They're the perfect opportunity to get outside of the usual four walls and beyond just what we're seeing online. So each year we always make a point that we'll attend. Now that could be one, it could be three, or it could be five events. But what we get out of attending can be really invaluable in terms of building relationships and shipping our next steps or generally just enhance our knowledge within the space. So as I said, what's invaluable, it's the connections that we're able to make and having those real fist-to-fist interactions, which unfortunately in our environment, we don't always get the opportunity to have which I'm sure you're aware of. Yeah. But um, so it's just nice to get out there and build on those relationships. And not only that element, but it's also the educational aspect too. So say looking at growth as a company, it's an opportunity to have conversations with those members of departments that you wouldn't necessarily have direct communication with. And it's by having those opportunities that they can trigger these new ideas and feedback that you can say, go back to your tech team and say, look, I haven't considered this before. Here's what people are saying. I love that. So what I heard, Emir, was actually not you talking, but you listening. That's such a beautiful thing. But while you were listening and and engaged with people, what kind of conversations were you having at uh, IIEX Amsterdam? 
So we're led by understanding what's needed in the space, you know, how we can deliver the best possible data with the best possible service. And so that's what shipped a lot of the conversations that we wanted to have in Amsterdam. We value so much what our clients and peers tell us. So we basically just asked outright, why are you here? Is there something that you feel it's lacking in the space? And it was the same reoccurring things that we were hearing back, you know, innovation, speed, agility, just three key terms that just kept popping up. So it's through those type of conversations that we're able to go back to the team and say, you know, could we improve on this? And on top of that, it's a brilliant way to have conversations with people who's not in your field. You know, we're in online quant data, but meetups like IEX allows us to have an open communication line with those in other areas. For instance, eye tracking, we're not on that field, but it's brilliant because we know our strengths. And so if a client comes to us and asks us for something that we know it isn't something we can do ourselves, then we can always refer them to a company that can deliver on that. So it's those conversations and those connections that we like to have when we're there because you never know what project is going to come through your inbox at any time. So meetups like this is a great opportunity to have those connections. I love that. just shows not only your ability to listen, but also your desire to collaborate. I love that, Ymir. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you talked about innovation, speed, and agility. So tell me what's next for Research for Good. What, what kinds of things are in the pipeline that are addressing some of those issues? Okay, well, it's a very exciting time for us right now. So this year, we've actually begun to license our own previously internal-only technology, so while our historic online sample business will remain, we're now offering a tech stack compromise of a flexible platform that enables the full research operations lifecycle for online data collection. Sorry if that's a mouthful. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so, that is exciting. So what we've been seeing in the industry, and again, it was reinforced from some of the conversations that we were able to have at IEX, is that teams are using, for instance, a patchwork of systems that is essentially very efficient or that legacy systems aren't actually talking to new technology, which can cause confusion. And so that's why we're confident that we have a solution that will help facilitate human understanding in one way or another in various areas of the sample management process. So what we're licensing are tools to help with project management, panel management, and research ecosystem facilitation. So we've broken our proprietary platform into these modules, which can be purchased individually and integrated into a client's ideal system to create their ideal workflow that's unique to them. So that's essentially what we're very excited about for this year. And I think it'll be brilliant to see more and more people using this platform that essentially was just our own little thing for a long time. Mm, I love it. And I have to say that good things come when people listen and they collaborate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it, it is exciting. And I think also I enjoyed talking with you. You know, you're the marketing executive at Research for Good. And I, I think that we were already on the same wavelength. You know, how do we get our message out there? How do we really speak the right language so that we're really serving the right people? And I think that kind of ethos is really obvious at Research for Good. Emir, I want people to reach out to you. So I'm going to make sure they connect with you on LinkedIn. It's E-I-M-E-A-R Gillen, G-I-L-L-E-N. Emir, thank you so much for coming on Pondering Smooth Perch. And I can't wait till we get to see each other again. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure to meet you. And I really hope that we get the opportunity again too. Thank you. So I'm here with Erin Reed from Sentient, and Erin, I've seen you in many different places in the world, and it's always a great presentation. But 
tell me exactly what what the goal is for sentient. Like, what is it you're trying to portray about emotion, and how dynamic it is during ads? What 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 really is you know the foundation of what you're trying to do at sentient? It's great. I think you know 95% of people say that advertising doesn't affect their behavior, and yet the vast majority of traditional ad testing turns around and asks those same people who think that advertising doesn't affect them their opinions of their ads. And for us, you know, we're not necessarily concerned only about how people feel about an ad. We want to know how an ad makes people feel. And we want to go one step further. We want to know how an ad makes people feel about the brand. So in our presentations, what we try to do is show how consumers are emotionally engaged with an ad. And that's half the story. And we don't want to just entertain people with advertising. We want it to be imbued on the brand. And so then we look at brand impact. And it's those two things, both engagement and influence, that we're trying to communicate to the audience. You need to understand both. Not just entertain, but entertain in a way that's good for your brand. You don't have one feeling about a brand or one feeling about a commercial. So talk with me about your system. How does it really uh, connect or capture the dynamic uh, aspects of emotion? Oh, thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. There's been some recent research that shows that the valence and arousal approaches to understanding emotion are um, incomplete. They're just not sufficient. But when you go to a discrete emotion model, so when you start thinking about disgust versus contempt um, versus a feeling of triumph um, or love or contentment, all of those discrete emotions have different motivational characteristics with them, whether you approach or withdraw from a brand. And so what our technology does is that it measures emotionally expressive behavior on the face and in the body, and we express emotion in reliable ways. And so if we can then quantify that and automate its quantification, it gives us access to so much more emotional data, what we call big emotion data. Right. As opposed to letting people report for themselves about what they think that emotion is about. <laughs> so That's I'm right. going to get a little bit more detailed and not specifically about market research, but a little bit more from my world and agency and creating okay. ads and testing ads. And yeah. So I have a very specific question. Okay. It's very common that an ad agency would come in, make a 30 second commercial, have a beautiful story arc. Yeah. Everything's going well. The emotion is, is punched up there. And then the budget dictates that we need to drive that into a 15 second spot. So tell me about your work with micro videos and with short mean longer spots about what needs to be tested in order to make the shorter segments just as impactful. It's great. I really appreciate that question too, because this is one of the most useful um, applications of quantified emotion in advertising testing. If you can take it and optimize, even if it's a 60 down to a 30, or if you've got 30 seconds of copy that you know that's really good and you need to get it down to a 15, by measuring the emotional experience of people while they watch the ad, you can pinpoint the elements uh, of your copy that are most directly related to the outcomes for your brand. And so when you have that insight, you know in your cut downs, oh, I can't lose that moment, right? That was a key moment that really triggered emotion for people who ended up more positive towards my brand. You can couple that with eye tracking technology as well as facial coding. So not only do you know the emotional engagement, but you know how captivating your content is visually. And that really helps with cut downs, especially when you're going to 15 or even shorter form. Uh, There's so much advertising on Facebook that's non-optimized that could really be helped 
by the simple application of eye tracking, facial coding, and implicit association tests. Right, because all of us want our marketing budget to actually, you know, have a big bang for every every dollar that's spent. Um, right. So I appreciate that. Always something interesting going on at Sentient. Thanks for the great presentation, and I hope you've had a lot of great conversations out here on the trade show floor. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, IEX is just full of people who are innovators and people who are seeking innovation. So this is squarely where we sit, and we're really happy to be here. It's a great show for us. I have Monique Drummond, founder of Relish Research. She is just an amazing force in the insights industry. She's so much fun. I hope that sometime uh, you get the pleasure of actually meeting her. But Monique, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Thank you very much. It's great to speak to you, Priscilla. Well, we're wrapping up IIEX Amsterdam, and I'd love to hear your take on why it was important for you to come here. But we're also going to end this short little interview with a little bit about Insights Marketing Day, because I just saw you back in London in uh, the end of January, and we also had some interesting conversations there. But you're here at IIEX Amsterdam. Why'd you come? What kind of conversations are you having? Well, the main reason for coming is to keep up with what's going on in our industry. And I think technology particularly is moving on apace. And I'm an old school qualitative researcher. I, I specialize in focus groups and depth interviews um, by trade. I founded Relish. And those approaches are still really important to our core business. Because no matter what anyone says, I don't think you can trump face-to-face -face contact and really being in the room with people. At the same time, I am aware of how we can augment what we do with additional technology and get better results. Half of our business is online doing quantitative studies. So it's really important to keep up with what's going on in the quantitative world. But it's been fantastic to look around all of the people displaying here and talking to some of the exhibitors about the technology that they've got and how we could perhaps partner with them to make our product to our clients even stronger than it is at the moment. Well, I saw you in a lot of sessions taking in a lot of this new information and some of the case studies, but I did see you a lot booth to booth checking out the vendors because you see that as a real opportunity for potential partners. It is indeed super useful and I'm looking forward to catching up with some of them when I get back to London and we can we can pick up because obviously you have a brief conversation here in Amsterdam, but we do need to sort of continue those conversations with some of the vendors that we've seen. I love it. Okay. One thing that I love that I hear out of your mouth and it's come out of your mouth a couple times when we've talked is about um, talking with clients and helping them be brave about their brands. So tell me when you talk about that, what do you mean? What is it that Relish delivers that's so exceptional that really helps brands be brave? Well, first of all, I run a business myself. So I think as founders, we all think of our businesses and the profitability of our businesses. But it's something I really try and inspire the team that we have to do as well. The moment we see ourselves as academic researchers, I think we lose a lot of our credibility with clients. And so having the courage to be brave with a client means that you talk to them, not as a researcher who is just reporting back what you've heard, but also what the implications are for the business. And I think it's incredibly incumbent on us to offer our clients ideas and solutions, uh, to go to them with what we think they should be doing with their brand, with their packaging, with their advertising, and to come up with particular approaches that will make them reconsider perhaps 
the way they're doing things at the moment, but also to listen to the views that we've got. The one huge advantage about our industry is that we speak to people all the time about such a broad range of subjects. So we actually represent the fulcrum of a lot more information than just that that we're looking at in a particular project situation. So we can bring a lot of outside examples and just the general zeitgeist of the way people are thinking and feeling at the moment mm -hmm. to the party when we meet them. Mm. So important to think about the whole picture and not just the one small piece of the research that you've been given. So you're really partnering with your clients. And our clients aren't just the clients. Sometimes it's great to be in the room with their advertising agency mm. or with their design company and have a, a, a complete 360 on the brand or the communications or whatever it is that we are exploring. Not just to be sent away to, to do a study and then to come back report and then to leave again. And I think the most valuable discussions used to be in the past after we would be asked to leave the room. We'd go and do a debrief and it would be, well, thank you very much, Relish. And then we're just going to meet now and thinking you're actually creating a vacuum of the voice of the customer or the voice of the consumer or whatever the moment we leave the room. And, and I think clients are now increasingly reliant on the brands and the um, agencies they partner with to bring those ideas to the table and to remain in the room for the conversations that go on after the debrief. Mm, but the people who are invited to that are people like you who can check their ego at the door and are willing to really just come in and speak for the consumer. <laughs> <laughs> I have to exactly. Say. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> There's no room for egos in our business. I don't think. No, not not when you're trying. You you understand that. I loved your how you couch that as being a founder because you understand that you know they're trying to move the brand forward, and likewise you're trying to move your brand forward, which is a nice segue into Insights Marketing Day. Um, you were there. It was a sold out crowd. It was just an amazing uh, full day. But what did you get from from that day where all the Insights professionals were really specifically talking about now how do we go forward and uh, and put our brand out into the market well the first thing i absolutely loved about you and little bird was this idea of creating personas and as you were delivering your speech it was just so inspiring to think goodness you are talking to us like we are a brand and that that is the way i see ourselves but i'm very aware that we probably sometimes work for clients that are a little bit too small don't have a budget or are going to inevitably be time wasters for another range of, of issues. And I think you have a persona you refer to as the startup Susans or, or mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that, that you can have a chat to and, and sure, let's meet for a coffee and just talk generally. But I realize I've spent quite a lot of time with people who certainly do not have the, a budget to do any uh, any paid for or commissioned research. And one could spend all one's week helping startups like that. I think it's really important to put back and to offer a hand to people starting up, but our business won't make money by doing that. So really practically, I like that. Yes, I love that. I think all of us founders, you know, applaud at that. But people typically come at personas thinking, yes, it is an ideal client persona. Who should I market to? But sometimes you have to create that that other non-ideal client partner so that you can recognize them when they come. And I just love what you said secondarily was that doesn't mean you don't be human to them. It doesn't mean you don't help them. It doesn't mean you don't have a coffee. You know, it just means that you you come into the, the uh, relationship already knowing 
this we are not going to work together with our you know with our full capacity what can i do to exactly. to help further you along oh i love it so much so tell tell us um you gave me a nice tea up let's tee you up a little bit what's next for relish what are you what are you looking for who is ideal for your uh, team i think what also came out from your talk was this thought that i had and i brought it back to the team and we had a lunch and learn on it which is that actually it's not about the categories that our clients are in. Uh, we work in, an, in a broad range of categories, but it's more the nature of the individual client within it, within it. So we want to work with really great clients. And through that, we hope it'll include really great brands, but it's the type of client mentality and their willingness and openness to engage in conversations that's really exciting. And what's next for Relish is... We're always, I think, looking at honing our offer. It is important, I think, to go to clients with ideas. So we've done a couple of initiatives lately, one with a design company that was really super exciting. We looked at disrupting three categories, which are pretty tired and people don't traditionally go for. One is pensions, one is uh, funerals and wills, and the other one is holidays for the over 60. And, And we created our own community and just spoke to people and let them talk to each other. And, and from that, we got a load of insights out that is enabling us to go to clients and potential clients and have really interesting conversations about the opportunities there could be in their categories that they may not be looking at. <laughs> this just totally rings true, Monique. You know, you one of your taglines is that you're delivering astute insights, but another one is that you're forever curious. And I have to say yeah. that is a perfect example of how you are leading a team and really, you know, leading by example about just being forever curious about humans. Exactly. Um, it's, well, it's what makes, as you know, our job so great is <laughs> we're always dealing with humans rather yes. than just numbers and, and behind even behind quantitative there are people and those people matter and I think that's the other exciting thing that we've picked up here um, at IIEX is is how to integrate even on a quantitative survey it is really possible to capture some human thinking and 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 feeling and put that into the numbers as well I love it well you need to connect with Monique Drummond if you haven't catch her on LinkedIn it's M-O-N-I-Q-U-E Drummond D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D she's the founder of Relish and you would absolutely enjoy reaching out to her if her ideal client sounds just like you make sure that you send her a message Monique thank you so much for coming on Ponderings from the Perch oh Priscilla it's an absolute pleasure to see you again and um, I hope we catch up again soon in the future for sure Priscilla also reached out to a few colleagues with questions about how they maximize their time at shows during conference season. We wanted to highlight a couple of the exceptional responses we received. First is Tacey Avedikian. She's the Senior Director of Client Development at Innovate MR and has been a guest on our podcast before. She offers excellent advice on how to avoid exhaustion during the conference season, saying, I like to keep conference meetings light and personal. Plan a fun event for my network. Introduce them to people I think they would mesh well with. Make it less about business or the conference and more about having fun and connecting. For thoughts on how to get the most out of your time at each show, Tacey recommends going through the itinerary and attendee list and then making a personal itinerary and filling in the gaps to make sure you're making purposeful connections and getting the tool demos that are the most important to you. Thanks, Tacey. Next is Tony Cheevers, Customer Success Officer at ResearchScape International. He says, I often try to locate something interesting and location-specific when I'm traveling. It makes for an interesting side trip, and it can jumpstart conversation with the locals. 
he recommends museums, sporting events, and public gardens as a great starting place. Fun facts about Tony. He has also been a guest on Ponderings from the Perch. He was once a director at KLM Royal Dutch Airways, and he originally met with Priscilla at Insights Marketing Day in New York many, many years ago. About that meeting, Priscilla frequently gives a shout out to Tony for taking her to a superb dinner at Hell's Kitchen. The man practices what he preaches in making conference season more fun. Check the show notes for links to connect with Tacey, Tony, and the rest of the guests on this episode. Thanks for listening to Ponderings from the Perch. If you like this content, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you downloaded this podcast. It's how people find our show. From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.